Dear Chicago. Fullerton is next. Doors open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be there. Welcome to Foul Monkeys. This is Adam. Hi, and it's Jerry filling in for Ricky again. Hey, y'all. Um, so we are obviously a gay podcast, if you haven't figured that out, recording out of both Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, California. Ain't that wild. We buy coastal. No, Chicago's not really a coast, I guess. <laughs> it's got it's um, got water by it. It's true. I mean, I guess um, we're on a shore. Um, anyway, this should be 932, right? I believe you're right. Episode 932. Look at me knowing things. I know. Um, I know. I'm paying attention. Uh, so uh, what's been what's been going on? What's been shaking? Other than so, the DNC and the RNC. Oh, yeah. Um, Leah Michelle had a baby today. Today, today? Today, today. I wonder how many times she told it it's fat and it needs to lose weight. You know, she it depends if she's off her epidural yet, but <laughs> you know, as soon as she wakes up, she's scheduling that baby some dance lessons. Yeah, some vo- get you in vocal lessons. We got to be. You better be. You better be cooing on pitch. Mm-hmm. We got to take over Beyonce and Blue. She is stretching that baby's hamstrings already, <laughs> pointing that baby's toes to make mm-hmm. sure it has a perfect point. I like secretly like wish I had a stage mother experience a little bit. Uh huh. I was actually just talking to my aunt Nicole about this. So, do you remember like the late eighties, early nineties uh, Welch's grape juice commercials with the little kid? I think so. There was like a cute little kid that was like, "Well, it has grapes in it," or some oh, shit yes, like yes, that, yes, like yes, real yes. grapes, and it was some bullshit. So. When I was a child, I that commercial pissed me off because I thought I was a better actor, I guess. And like, I never like out and out said that, but like my mom and my aunt and everybody was like, why are you so angry at the Welch's grape juice kid? Did you ever tell him? Because, because I knew I had more talent. Ah, okay. Yes. So he's not, he's not masculine enough to be in that commercial, mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just but, actually, that made me think yeah. of something. My uh, my friend, his uh, husband works for NBC in casting, and he was talking about how they have to make sure that they don't say certain toxic words when describing an actor, because Dennis said he's so terrible about it, because he'll be like, mm, I don't really like that person, because he's like masculine, and his husband, or not masculine enough, and his husband was like, okay, we can't say masculine, you know, because that's a toxic, mm-hmm. you know, word, and we're, right. you know, contributing and I'm like, so what do you say? He's not butch enough. And Dennis is like, no, you have to find some other way to describe why you don't are not in favor of somebody over another person without using these toxic words. His husband's very good at it in casting, but it mm. just kind of made me think of over the years of all the words that, you know, right. we've been told or we used um, to say that we're not, you know, either attracted to someone or something. We're just not getting the vibe from someone. Right. Right, right. Oh, people are still on that mask for mask shit on apps. So oh, yeah. that's, Ooh. it is, it is some bullshit. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like how you say, like if you want somebody to like be more butch, what do you say, like outdoorsy? I mean, you, I guess you could say outdoorsy or rugged or... Um, okay. Or use an example like, you know, I would like to see them more as a Clint Eastwood type or something like that, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I guess you could do that. I guess. I don't know. I remember, I probably said this before. So when I was in grad school, they made us walk across a studio mm-hmm. and then they were like, here's what your walk, like your natural walk tells me. <laughs> and Which is fucked up if you think about it, but also I guess kind of helpful. Right. Um, so I got told that I walk 
from the waist down, I walk like a construction worker. Okay. And from the waist up, I walk like a mincing ballet dancer. I love the word mincing. (laughs) Mincing. And I was like kind of offended, but I guess if I could make my lower body do what my upper body does for a certain type and vice versa, um, I could, I could, I guess I could. I don't know. I've I've been told a lot of people, um, directors that I've worked with have been like, you have a very like masculine presence on stage because I'm not a I'm not like small, mm-hmm. and I kind of do tend to like take the space. Um, but also like when I open my mouth, I sound like I had a dick in it five seconds ago. So, you know, mincing always makes me think of Mallory Archer when she's <laughs> insulting uh, Ray. Mm. I love that so much. Oh. oh my God. Jessica Walters is one of my favorite, favorite oh, yeah. actresses. She's so good on, um, she's in the Magnum PI Murder, She Wrote crossover. Oh, is she? I think so. Yes. Let me make sure I'm not lying. Um, she's she definitely in, in Murder, She Wrote. Uh-huh. She was in the Wonder Woman redo pilot when they shifted from World War II to present day season two. And she's all like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Steve Trevor, blah, blah, blah. And then she just like gives that, you know, withering look to, you know, Danny right. Prince. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's in, um, she's in the Magnum crossover. Oh, wow. She's in like another one too, I think. Um, but I was pretty sure. I, so first of all, like I love Mur- uh, Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, everybody knows that already. But I was recently in Pittsburgh for personal reasons. And I bought my mom a new DVD player because she had a DVD VCR, Mm -hmm. as one does, as one did. That was the big thing. That was a big thing. It was. It really was. And it works and it's fine. But she lost the remote. She doesn't really do anything. But also, she refuses to get internet. So she has a digital antenna and so we have been buying her like seasons of tv that she loves Mm -hmm. so i bought her like all in the family i bought her some mash i bought her laverne and shirley um she loves elementary with what's his face johnny lee miller yes and lucy lou right and so i was just like what are some like random fucking like 80s 70s shit that i can buy that she might like, I don't know if she'll like it, whatever. And I was at a half price books in Pittsburgh. And I knew that she loved China Beach. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I wasn't sure if she liked it, but I feel like she had mentioned it, Heart to Heart. Right. And I don't remember, like, I vaguely remember Heart to Heart a little bit. It's a little bit older for me. You were, yeah, you were really little when that show, like, um, right. went off the air. Right. Um, but I kind of like, I vaguely remember it a little bit. So we put on the pilot and, um, it's fucking bonkers. It's (laughs) just, it's very, TV was very slow back then. I've noticed when I go back and I watch, like I've tried to watch, I've watched the dynasty pilot, Mm -hmm. heart to heart. Um, what the fuck else? Something else, not slanding maybe. And I'm just like, oh, this takes forever. Well, the pilots usually do take forever because they got to introduce everybody. Well, even like, I feel like just TV shows were much, much slower. I think because of the binge culture, every episode has to have a hook kind of now and you don't build as much. That's true. Although I try not to judge a show by its pilot. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. the pilot is so full of exposition and and introducing everybody that you don't really get a sense of what it is until episode Mm -hmm. two. Like the Parks and Rec pilot, I didn't like. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. And Oh, that whole first season is trash. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but it evolved into something. But, you know, there's Mm -hmm. other pilots that I'm like, "Uh, well, let's see what the second one is. It's funny you talk about the digital antenna. Um, Now that the the, um, Amazon Firebox has a bunch of channels on it mm-hmm. and uh, Pluto TV was a, uh, an app on there that gave you free TV and it was like mm-hmm. a digital antenna. Well, now mm-hmm. they've revamped the whole thing 
And so there's all these channels that you would find on cable. Like they have a logo per version. So I'm like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race is on, Revealed. I haven't seen this season. So it's like on, it can be on in the background. I don't have to pay attention. But they've been mm-hmm. doing Sybil reruns. And uh, Oh, God. <laughs> so good. It is so hilarious. And Christine Baranski is just, she's hysterical. She's a delight. Every time she goes, Dr. Dick. You know, it's just <laughs> hilarious. And just the, you know, she's obsessed and she's st- always stalking him. And, right. Um, you know, and then Sybil's always helping her out. And then the daughters. And uh, it's just, it's funny. It's so funny. Um, did they, I don't, I've never read up on anything. And this actually reminds me of, for some reason, I don't know if it's the new Batman movie, the fact that the Riddler's the villain. Um People keep talking about how much Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey in Batman. Oh, I'm Forever. sure he did. I'm sure. Oh, he like did. he like straight up like Jim Carrey has been in interviews and been like Tommy Lee Jones straight up was like, I don't fucking like you. Well, for one, my roommate says Tommy Lee Jones has a horrible reputation. Like people yeah. can't stand him, but he's yeah. so good that mm-hmm. that's why he keeps getting work. Right. But he's apparently right. just an asshole in real life. Right. I, you know, I don't know. I've never heard anything any different. Right. Well, so. the reason I just brought it up because I was like, I wonder, because I've heard Sybil Shepherd can be difficult. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if her and Christine Baranski like got along. Well, from what I heard, I think they did. I think Sybil's attitude came from she was a star of Moonlighting and then Bruce Willis mm-hmm. just, it you know, per- catapulted him into a new level. Right. And I think she started to feel like left out of mm-hmm, marketing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, once they hooked those characters up, you know, that their ratings yeah. went down, people lost interest. So yeah. I don't I don't think it was a, uh, he's supposed to be incredibly difficult too. So really? she, may, she may have just gotten the label because she's a woman. <laughs> That's right. I have a, I think I remember hearing that they got along pretty well. Okay. So well, they have excellent chemistry on Sybil. I yeah. can't remember if it was on streaming or if it was on like occasion because we have a digital antenna too, and sometimes mm-hmm. we just turn on the TV for noise and it's just trash right. or whatever. Um, like what were we watching earlier today? We turned it on and there was something that was like kind of a little bit rough on. Oh, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, yeah. Um, Third Rock from the Sun. So Third Rock from the Sun was on. And it's like, okay, it's like pretty funny. Um, Because what's what's the lady who was like a huge cokehead and then she notoriously like fell to her death in Sex and the City? What the fuck is that? Kirsten Johnson. Kirsten Johnson. Kirsten Johnson, yes. Um, I think she's fantastic. I yes. love her. John Lithgow is great. Like Jane Curtin, it's a great cast. But like it was, there was a joke. Um, and I can't remember. There's something that Jane Curtin's secretary, who is black, um, had some line. And I think it was about a country club or some shit like that. Anyway, it was something like completely normal. And John Lithgow's character said, could you repeat that? I don't understand Ebonics. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, how fucking, oh. The mid nineties, man. <laughs> the jokes. It's it fun- just, I mean, it, you know, there's nothing on TV that I want to watch anymore. So I've been watching stuff over and over again. But just mm-hmm. like you were saying, um, I was watching the Golden Girls and it was the episode mm-hmm. where Dorothy's brother Phil dies. And oh. uh, I know. And, you know, we've talked about this before, how uh, Phil was considered a crossdresser in the show. And they always made it very clear he was heterosexual. He was married to a woman. He had children. He just liked the comfort of dressing like a woman. And right. Dorothy was always like, there was something, uh, I think her line was psychologically fulfilling for him to dress this way was how mm-hmm. she said it in this episode that they're dealing with his death. But <laughs> the thing that cracked me up is they said that uh, he died uh, shopping for evening gowns at Big Gals Pay Less. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And Wait, uh, was he... 
was it was he trying on high heels because i no that was a different one he was he was trying on evening gowns at the store and had a heart attack oh my god but they have you know these they never they don't speak but they have what appears to be other men come to the funeral mm-hmm. and they're like and uh brenda vaccaro plays his wife angela but uh Dor- uh Dorothy, uh, Sophia, blah. Sophia calls her Big Sally. And uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, that's his poker club. And like the priest comes in and like, there's kind of a, you know, a joke now that would kind of be like, oh, like when he looks in the thing and goes, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, that's kind of, you know, out of place. But for the most part, that show pretty much treated, you know, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, for its time. Right. You know, it's kind of current the way that it talks about stuff. But, you know, back to your thing about Third Rock from the Sun, you know, mm-hmm. it's that was of its time. And now we cringe at it. But at that time, right. it was hilarious. Well, there's I mean, Friends is pretty transphobic. Friends is also a little homophobic. And it's I I don't know. I find like there's I don't have any like big shows that I'm like this was my youth and I'll defend right. this to the end. And it's a product of its time and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't have anything like that um, that I can think of. X-Men, the animated series, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Janet Jackson videos. I, yeah. Oh my God. Rhythm Nation, the short films. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked Friends when I was like, probably in middle school, like early high school. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think I got it. There was some competition where you had, like it was like Diet Coke codes or something mm-hmm. I don't and you could that. win something that was like friends related. I drank a lot of Diet Coke mm-hmm. during that time. It's funny, you know, I've heard, oh, friends was transphobic. And I'm like, I guess, you know, I, I know that the whole dealing with the Chandler father who they never said was transgender, but did a drag show. I mean, the, the name of the show was Viva Las Vegas, which I'm kind of like, wah, wah. Um, but, and then, you know, they had Kathleen Turner play it, which yeah. that's what they did then. But you know, I know it's, it's just, it's, it's strange to, to think about now, you know, I, I don't know if I would right. classify it as transphobic. They definitely did jokes that aren't appropriate. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's, I mean, you can acknowledge it now and say like, we wouldn't do that now and we've learned mm-hmm. from it. Right. Um, I guess without kind of demonizing what it did for its time and how successful it was. Right. I don't you know. know. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those topics. It may be if I was transgender, I'd probably have a bigger opinion about it. Right. But since I'm not, I'm kind of like, I can see your point, but at the same time, I see it this way too. So, you know, I, I'm not, right. I'm not sure. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I don't know yeah. how other people feel. So. Do you personally, because you do act as well, um, <clears throat> do you get offended about typecasting? Do you get up in arms about things? Cause we've talked about situations that I've been in where I've, people have been like oh you couldn't play butch if you tried like casting directors and i've been like well like hey go fuck yourself mm-hmm. well here's the thing there's a out in california it's a little bit different because it is on a, mo- a lot of it's on film and it's not so right. in theater so it's a lot of uh really you have to know your type out here so mm-hmm. if your type is not masculine butch whatever it's you know there's no point in going out because they're looking at it and taking a look at your you know your tape and if you go hi my name is they're going to be like why is he submitting for this that's not who he is it's a lot of there's a lot of real people casting out here and uh so they want to see your authentic self and not really an actor so a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff, like with commercials, if you go in and you're like, and I've had other actors tell me this too, that if you're in any way theatrical, like mm-hmm. on stage, then they immediately cut you because right. they want somebody that's realistic, that people can easily identify with. So sometimes thinking, oh, well, I can play this 
when you really can't works against you, where if you just go in and be your authentic self, mm-hmm. they are more likely to kind of look at you. And after mm-hmm. they kind of told me that, and I started kind of watching commercials and stuff, there's a couple of times that I'm like, oh, that married couple, the, the father's not talking a lot, but clearly when he walks, <laughs> he's mincing about <laughs> His upper half is mincing while his bottom half is construction worker, you know? So it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's odd. If like Mm -hmm. they were asking for a gay character and they wanted gay actors and then they'd go, Oh, you're not butch enough or something like that. Then yes, I'd probably be offended and be like, what's the point you're asking for? This is a gay character. It's reading this way. Right. Why do you want, why are you so concerned about, it being xyz instead of just being a gay character but right. if it's you know if it's something like you know like neil patrick harris's character on how to uh how i met your mother where he was you know very you know yeah. heterosexual and whatever but you know I, I i wouldn't be seen for that so why even bother getting worked up about it because that would just be nothing i would really be seen for Hmm. But I also know that my type is not leading man. So I right. don't, you know, there are certain things that I just go, well, I'd never be considered for that anyway. So why get upset about it? Right. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. Types change as you age. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, there was a very brief period in my life where I was like leading man. And then I lost all my hair. Yeah. And you were no longer the ingenue. No longer the ingenue. But Whatever, I'll play dads and villains the rest of my life. I'm comfortable with that. Exactly. Um, have you seen the trailer for the new Death of the Nile remake? I have not, but I'm excited about it regardless because I just love Agatha Christie. That is something, like I said, I've been out of town. I haven't really looked at anything. I watched the Batman trailer this morning, mm-hmm. which we can get to all of that shit. And I think I accidentally watched like part of, is there like a Suicide Squad 2? Yes. Okay. Um, which I honestly, like, I watched the first one and I don't really care. Oh, the first one was horrible. Horrible. So I'm kind of like, I don't care how much you're hyping this for me. I'm like sort of not really feeling it regardless. Um, but anyway, back to Death on the Nile. Um, who is playing Salome Otterborn, which was the Angel Um, I believe it's Sophie Anna, uh, her name starts with an O, she was in Hotel Rwanda, was like her Oscar-nominated role. Oh, uh, Sophie Okanito? Yes. I believe that's okay. who's playing it. And uh, I know that the, uh, the, uh, the character that gets murdered, that, that's mm-hmm. Gal Gadot, is playing that role. Okay. Um, Arnie Hammer is the Michael York role. Wasn't he? Was he in... No, he was the, not, he wasn't in that. That's, um, that's uh, Evil Under the Sun that he was in. Uh, I can't remember, there was, an act, there was another pretty British actor that plays the lead, that plays Simon um, Doyle. I'm going to look it up now, because I'm, I'm not going to, because I just remember Betty Davis and Maggie Smith being hysterical in it. Um, yes. Who was the... Well, French and Saunders are playing the Betty Davis and uh, Maggie Smith oh, roles, yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, Simon McCorkendale? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, he was on Falcon Crest, I guess. Uh... Falcon Crest. I don't remember Falcon Crest very much other than I know that I'm pretty sure my mom was like a Knott's Landing kind of girl and not a Falcon Crest. I think they were on the same network. Were Did they? You ever, I think so. Did you watch Sex Education on Netflix? Yes. Um, the girl that is labeled the slut that leaves in the trailer, she's playing the Mia Farrow role in this. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I'm into that. Okay. Okay. She's so good in it. She's so good in sex education. Yes, that series is definitely one that I recommend to people. It's it's so good. And, for sure, and, for sure. And 
uh, Jillian Anderson is just spectacular. She's so good in everything. So like, I've never watched The Crown, but I know that she's playing Margaret Thatcher coming up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you think that she like thinks about Meryl Streep and like the Iron Lady at all? Do you think that informs her performance? Probably not. I think she's pretty removed from stuff like that. Um, she said when she got the sex education pilot, she threw it in the trash because she thought it was crap. And her husband <laughs> took it out and because he was like just doing stuff and he read it. And he went out and said, you have to do this. And she's like, no, it's not good. He goes, no, this is excellent. You have mm-hmm. to do this. So then she reread it and was like, oh, wow, he's right. And then that's why she decided to do it. But she was just like, no, oh. thanks. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see that because like so much of that show is informed by the performances. Mm -hmm. Like the cast is really, really, really important. So I just guess I could see that. The thing I like about it so much is there's real important information about sex ed scattered all through it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's funny how they're educating their audience without like beating them over the head with everything, which I really appreciate, especially like all the the stuff that the mother talks about, you know, and has statistics Mm -hmm. and stuff and, you know, just talking about sexuality and how people feel. And it's just, I think it's just done in such a smart way that you can really educate someone without beating them over the head with it. Right. Right. I agree. Um, I like how matter-of-factly the um, gay relationships are handled. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's similar to, I think, what, like, Dan Levy has said about Schitt's Creek and how, like, he didn't want it to be about, like, homophobia or, like, struggling with your sexuality or anything like that. It is very matter-of-fact. I think that sex education is similar. There's a little bit of tension and nervousness and he does get bullied, uh, gay gay bashed in in one part of it, like not spoiler alert. Um, But it is more like, it's not his peers sort of are like a little bit more like it's not a big deal. His family, it's not a big deal. Um, And I like that aspect of it. And I like so, that there's a, the, the best friend is a straight guy and a gay guy. And there's none of that, oh, right. he's going to try to do anything. No, they've grown up e- with each other for so long. Right. They, they know who each other are. And it's just their friends. And that just happens to be part of, you know, individually who they are. But it doesn't mm-hmm. affect their friendship at all. Yes. Yes. You know. I agree. Um, but yeah, that's. Like I said, I keep saying, like, I don't really watch TV, but here I am watching all of these <laughs> current shows. Exactly. Well, it is the, you know, pandemic and we're stuck with nothing to do. Oh, speaking right. of Pittsburgh, did you go to downtown at all? Mm-mm. Oh, because I was talking to my friend Renee, who I did um, CLO with, who was mm-hmm. the PSM for three summers with me. And uh, she was saying that a lot of that stuff has changed. And she's like, that kind of food that we relied on to like go out and get stuff quick is gone, mm-hmm. but they yeah. still have like the fine dining because of the theaters. But she mm-hmm. said, oh, she goes, I don't think you'd recognize a lot of that downtown. She's like, cause it's all gone or they've changed it into something else. Yes. So one of the uh, places I used to run um, for like uh, gyros and Greek food that's no longer there and I can't remember um I'm gonna look that up too um because I used to go there were like a couple of gyro places Mm -hmm. um Christos which I think is the one that closed and then I used to go to Salonica's um but there I heard that like a lot of that stuff is closed because I used to work for the public theater right and i would that was when i had like 14 jobs at the same time right um and i used to run from like pnc to uh the public or from like h&m to the public or whatever and i'd fit in one of my van driving um they got rid of the van <gasps> they don't live in the Alleghetto anymore they they the the building was like they were like, you can't, you can't be in it anymore. So they've just like spread them out all over downtown. So everybody walks now. 
which I thought was kind of cool. That's much better. Yeah. yeah them all the way out, you know, so Renee said they're all scattered just kind of downtown in places. So that's cool. Yeah, that's nice. I, um, Pittsburgh is, it does, it's changing in some ways. Like the, we were, I got to see AJ while I was there uh, mm -hmm. briefly. And it seems like there's like the, the housing market or like the neighborhoods are growing even more disparate as far as like, this is like a really, really good neighborhood and like prices are going up, it's being gentrified. And like this neighborhood is just getting shittier and shittier and shittier. Um, but it's everything is still like you go two blocks and it's a completely different feeling. Wow. Um, there, but, speaking of speaking of that neighborhood, there's a guy on a scruff out here. It's mm -hmm. within a mile and his name is Squirrel Hill Dude. And I always think of Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm assuming he's from the area if it's Squirrel Hill. I don't know of another Squirrel Hill. It must be. I don't know. I used to, that's for everyone. Um, Squirrel Hill is the neighborhood where I used to work at PNC Bank. Um, it's also the Tree of Life Synagogue where there was a shooting um, is like a couple of blocks from where I used to work. That's also in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood. Um, there was university, super, of university housing was around Squirrel Hill, weren't it? Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause it's really close to Oakland. Uh, it, is just like a super warm, super caring uh, neighborhood. I always, I loved working at PNC for some reason. Some of it was shitty, but um, for the most part, all of my customers, all of the clients, everybody that came in was like super, super warm, super giving. Um, everybody was just really, really lovely. Uh, and I loved working there. And then that shooting happened, which is super fucked up. Uh, but it's somewhere I always try to visit because it has my favorite record store in Pittsburgh is in Squirrel Hill. Mm -hmm. Jerry's Records, actually. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, it's incredible. If anybody ever goes to Pittsburgh, you have to go to Jerry's. It's um, right on Murray Avenue, which is like kind of the main street in Squirrel Hill. Um, so I did go. I went to Jerry's while I was home. Um, and I bought, I sent you pictures. Yes. I don't remember. Were we talking about something else? Am I completely digressing? Doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> I'm real good at that. Um, I sent you pictures. I bought Carmen Electra's Go-Go Dancer. Yes! <laughs> On vinyl. It is. I got home and I played it. And George was like, I was like, this is Carmen Electra. And I was like, so it's lyrics by Carmen, like music by Prince. And I put it on and George was like, oh, of course, this is what it sounds like. And then he was like, this is terrible and it is it is so bad so we'll get i i learned how to share so uh listen this is go go dancer oh my god is it on spotify in the no, back I have of my mind an animalistic ritual me swinging from a brass pole i'm a vibe it's a way to describe dancing in my cage and riding high there's no one better step for stroke for the girl in a cage is still hope. And as you peep the scheme of things, it makes you want to find it on a pole, doesn't it? Oh my god. Yeah, so I'm a go go dancer. It's so bad. It's awesomely. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's incredible. But just, I put that on and that rap started and George was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, she raps the whole song, guys. We didn't get to even get to that part. She's not really a singer. She raps. She raps. Um, I saw that in, a, in the bin and I ended up, I found it like, so Jerry's is organized to a point. But there are like some random bins, like under things that you can like pull out and find shit. That's where I found all them Kylie records that one time that you were like, oh, some old queen needs money. Or some um, old queen died. <laughs> right. Very possible. Um, but yeah, I found this in like a bin that I pulled out and I found that and uh, the party. In oh, my yes. I found them both like together and I was like, 
I usually, if I find like blocks of records together that are all like my taste, I'm like, yeah, some old gay guy is either like hard up or moving or is dead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do, do our listeners, do they know the party? The party was like, they were like a Disney group. They were a Disney group with, from the Mickey Mouse Club. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm going to share this. They never got very big. All right, is it gonna come? And this is a cover of Yes. In my dreams, it's still the same. You love it. All right, some of y'all might remember that, but yes, that was the party in my dreams. It was them. a Dawkins song. Yeah, it was originally a Dawkins song. Um, and they I want to say it, it went top thirty. Like it was like a, it? their summer song, and that was like a big deal. Like that was like their biggest hit. Um, let's see here. It peaked at thirty-four, so it was top forty. At top least. forty. Um. Apparently, the Dee Dee that sings the lead on this, she does voices for Steve Universe. Yeah, yeah, she's still working. Yeah, she. Uh, um, she's a big Miss Saigon actor, um, and then yeah. she does a lot of voiceovers and stuff. I mean, they could all sing. They were yes. all super talented. Um, they were. Oh my god, the party was an a backronym for positive attitude reflects today's youth. There you go. Mickey Mouse oh Club. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Dr. Dre produced a song on their second studio album, apparently. Wow. Oh, my God. I remember them having a special on, because we didn't have no money. We only got the free preview of the Disney Channel where it was like a weekend. Uh-huh. And I remember watching a special about them and kind of being like, because I was into pop music then, but I was like, they're okay but not like that great well i mean you could kind of say they were america's s club seven before Before s club seven was a thing was a thing you know because they came from a tv show and they had you know pop records that kids listen to right they just weren't as big as s club seven that's fair oh Oh, man in my dreams is a jam though it is it's so good um the honest vocal coach on youtube she did a, she has a little series on there called uh, mm-hmm. Performances That Go Wrong. And she had mm-hmm. an S Club 7 reunion for Children in Need was on. <laughs> I'm and trying to, I don't remember that. They did a whole like um, mix of like their biggest hits and poor Joe. Oh, she been, yes. She'd been smoking those camels and she Ooh. just sounds, Marlboro Reds. And she just sounds <laughs> rough. She just sounds rough. She got in trouble for, she was on like Big Brother and said something like kind of racist, I think. I think so. I think I remember reading that. But like, um, Bradley, is that the black guy's name on the, is it Bradley? Bradley, yeah. Bradley sounded good and Rachel sounded good and knock off Jerry. I can't, Hannah. Hannah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. knock off Jerry. She sounded decent. But at one point, Tina sings and her mic's all about here (laughs) and she stops the video (laughs) and she goes, oh, yes. We can so hear you when your mic is all the way out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. Poor, poor Tina. Poor Tina. I never watched S Club 7, um, but this kind of weird girl I went to high school with uh, liked them, and I liked the music. Mm-hmm. And so we would listen to S Club 7 and Steps together. But then her boyfriend thought I was like trying to bang her, and I 100% was obviously not. And he was also... so. If you were a boy in high school and you wanted to audition for the musical, they didn't give a shit if you could sing. They just fucking yeah, you they put you in. Yes. Um, not every high school is like this. My high school was. So this boy auditioned for the musical so he could watch his girlfriend because he was afraid I was trying to hit it. And it was when we did Anything Goes and I was the lead. I was Billy. And... Um, he at one point I can't remember what song it was they I remember I was wearing a like a sailor outfit 
mm-hmm. because I had to, there was like a plot point where like I steal one from a sailor and it doesn't really fit me so that I can like sneak onto the boat or some shit. I can't remember. Um, because this was 18 years ago. So, cause I'm, I'm getting up there y'all. Um, but anyway, they, these boys like lift me up and I'm supposed, and like, I'm carried off by these guys. That motherfucker tried to drop me. Oh my God. Yes. He like let go of my ass. I was like, what? And then I had to pull him aside and I was like, look, if this is about Kayla or whatever the fuck her name is, it ain't happening. It ain't happening, boo. I would rather suck your dick than fuck your girlfriend. Ugh, no, he was no. gross. He was gross. He was like, he had one of them patchy teenage boy beards. Um, no, ma'am. No, thank you. Oh, Ugh. man. I, if, I'm glad that, you know, I'm older than, I'm older than you. So, <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't have YouTube or anything mm-hmm. like that growing up that I was just, you know, free to do and say dumb shit without it being recorded. I mean, we had the camcorder, but you know, right. you're going to pull out that VCR to run that tape where I said something inappropriate for 1990. <laughs> oh, I, we didn't have YouTube. I didn't have YouTube until I was a, like a senior in college. Yeah. But then that's when you start, you're still acting like a fool. Oh, for sure. For sure. There are some, <laughs> there are some really questionable videos probably and or pictures there are pictures of me being like it looks like my face is melting i'm so drunk like my face is sliding off of my face because i'm like um that shit was like my facebook profile picture in college at one point i remember the picture where you almost broke your foot or hurt your foot really bad because you're so drunk and you're on the floor oh yes i was wearing an argyle sweater that was on like new year's I was a mess. A mess. Do you remember when we went to that rooftop party uh, for CLO? It wasn't somebody, a party. We were just I up it was there. A party. No, we were just up there and there was like other randos, I think from the public that were there because the public oh. was still going. I think it was a cast party for the public that I was at. Yes. And I was staying. Working. Yes. yes. I was staying at the apartments and that yes. guy fell on you. Yeah, it almost broke my damn arm. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, he was drunk as a skunk. I don't even remember if that he was, was an bad. actor, if he was an actor in the show or he lived in the apartments. I just remember him falling and you tried to catch him or you just. Yeah. I was just in his line of fire. Yeah. That was when I was a little more petite. You were a little petite. Then. I probably could have caught his ass now. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you were anyway. still. You could still have been considered a twink back then. I think so because I think it was the show that they made us wear gas station attendant uniforms for. Yes. Yes. And I had. I still have the shirt and the hat that they made it's me wear. Now. But I sure cannot button that over my tits now. I can't even like it. Like I can like wear it as like a like a shawl. When I was in college. Um, when my junior college, we had this student activities director to make junior college not boring. And she was mm-hmm. a riot. She always came up with the best games and always had stuff for us to do. But mm-hmm. she came one day and she was like, Jerry, she screamed across the cafeteria. <laughs> She's like, you've got to come to my office. I found the perfect thing for you. She was oh shopping in Fort Smith at some thrift store. And she was just going through the rack and she found a shirt, a Texaco shirt, like someone that worked at Texaco and it had Jerry mm-hmm. across. She's like, I know it's a small and you'll, you, you might not be able to fit into it, but it's a, uh, she's like, I had to buy it for you. And I could oh my squeeze God. myself into it. Cause I was petite then too. But I, I mean, it. it was, you know, I had to breathe differently, but I had that Texaco shirt on that said, Jerry. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love it so much. I wore it for, I wore that shirt for like Halloween a couple of times because like if I can get it like over my shoulders and my arms, depending on the time of the year, because winter I tend to like, you know, pack on weight so I stay warm, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But occasionally like if I can get it on, I look like, and I can wear like a, like a, like a, what are the, the ribbed tank underneath. We don't like to call them wife beaters because that's misogynistic. 
Oh, well, yeah, you but, know. You know what I mean. But when I worked at The Gap, this girl gave me this le- lecture on not calling them wife beaters. And I was like, well, what do you want to call them? She goes, they're guinea teas. And I went, did you really just say guinea tea? That's even worse than wife beater. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Yeah, come on, Tracy. 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 Oh, my God. Did you work at the Gap like when it was like the the, the red letters that said the Gap? Uh, no. It was like the the blue logo. Yes, I, I worked ninety seven through two thousand. I was at the Gap okay. when they did that West Side Story ad. Are you a genie or a khaki? Do you remember that? I, I don't think I remember that. I remember. They would do the ad where they, it was like people like either singing or lip syncing to something and it was like Mm -hmm. all white and like there was just like one person on screen at a time and they were all like No, the the junior khaki, they actually got somebody to recreate the West Side Story choreography and so they had like a jet and a shark. I think the jets were jeans and the sharks were khakis. And it was like, are you a jet or are you a shark or, or not, yeah, are you a jet or a shark, but are you a jean or a khaki? And then in the store, we all got t-shirts that said, are you a jean or are you a khaki? And then we were supposed to wear the appropriate pants with them. And that was our uniform for the entire um, uh, marketing campaign. So okay. it was fun that we got to wear that because it was like different. I didn't have to wear, you know, button up shirts or mm-hmm. anything. I feel like I had to have seen that. I had to have seen that. Um, oh, here's what I'm thinking of. It was all a, it was like a white background and they sang uh, Dress You Up by Madonna. Um, I remember that, but I don't think I was working then. I it think was, was 1999, right. so you had to oh. have been there. Oh, maybe. Apparently Rashida Jones was in it. Oh, how about that? I remember I used to get in trouble at the Gap because we used to get CDs that had the music on it that somebody at headquarters picked. And Mm -hmm. our January 98 had Together Again and a bunch of great songs on it. And so anytime we'd get a crappy one, like I'd sneak in there, pull it out and put in there. Somebody go, Mm -hmm. put in January 98. And then we'd put that in. But then the district manager would come. She goes, hey, what's wrong with this music? Why isn't it? Why isn't it the same one playing? Because... In St. Louis, where I work, we had a gap men, a gap women, and a baby kid gap. So we were mm-hmm, separated. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So I never had to deal with the ladies or any of the children or the right. parents. Ugh. I had to just mm-hmm. deal with the men's clothes. But she'd go, why is the music different? And, and if, if I was being spoken to at that point, I'd be like, oh, no, someone must have changed it last night where they were cleaning. Let me go change it back. And, you know, yep. if they weren't talking to me, I just acted like I didn't know what they were talking about. Well, we used to change it in H&M all the time. Part, well, so we had, there was like a, like a um, AIDS awareness campaign or something. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it was Katy Perry and Cindy Lauper and Moby and who the fuck else? Some, a uh, bunch of other people and I can't remember who they are, but I remember those three. And um, we just basically played all their music at H&M and it got, super fucking old real fast but it also made me like the first Katy Perry album oh, I got yeah. wore down um but when I were she done wore me down I just remember hearing waking up in Vegas over and over again and then I eventually I was just like yeah I'm I'm into this um when I worked at PNC we had uh, commercial-free radio that had different channels mm-hmm. depending on your demographic or whatever and so I would put on the 70s sometimes if I was feeling 70s and only one other person like knew where it was or how to change it or like had the password or whatever. And um, we had a mariachi station and every once in a while I'd put on mariachi to like fuck with people. Um, Cause that's weird music for a bank. Right. Um, we had like a Hawaiian station. Um, every once in a while I would just put on shit that was not bank music. I put on the nineties and I got in trouble. Um, it was all edited, but fucking um, Chemical Brothers Block Rockin' Beats came on. And that's like a pretty hard, like, what would that be, techno? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was like, and it's like a pretty hard, like, 
electronic song and like somebody was like getting change or something and was like this is an interesting song like why are you playing this right now and I'm not it's it's in the radio apparently the disc uh, they told us and it's probably so we didn't put our own cds in there that the mm-hmm. disc player only played extended CDs because mm-hmm. this one had, it was almost like an eight track because it was one CD that had like four sections. And so each mm-hmm. section was about an hour a piece. Okay. So, and then I, because when you got the, you know, the little card that said what it was, it was like section one, two, three, and four, but it was like on one CD. Mm-hmm. So, but they said, oh, it won't play any of the other stuff. But then one summer, they had uh, Cowboy Style and Bag It Up on it. Ooh. So I was like, because I, I was away on summer stock and I came back and I was in there just visiting because I had to go back, but I just had to get out of town. And mm-hmm. Cowboy Style came on and I'm like, what? what's, what's happening? <laughs> and they were like, oh yeah, this is our new CD. Do you know who this is? I'm like, yeah, this is Kylie. Oh. We love her. Cowboy style is kind of a jam. I so just to clear things up, Kylie Minogue's Cowboy Style was on the playlist. That's Cowboy Styles by Kylie, and yes. Bag It Up is by Jerry Hallowell. Which, you know, just for listeners following along. Yes, G- uh, Jerry Hallowell's first album, Schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's some really good songs on there. I don't know why that did not make it in the states because. Look well, at me and bag it up are pretty good. Look at me was kind of big here, and then she just—it was like a classic case of like partially why Kylie's not big here is because she doesn't do promotion. Mm-hmm. She's not just constantly in America's face, right? So, um, I don't know, but yeah, there's uh, it's still excited for the new Kylie, um. I'm excited for the new Royce and Murphy. Um, those are coming out. The Melanie C oh, album yes. sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here for that. We haven't, we did discover that we can play snippets of music, obviously, since yes. we have played a little bit. Um, so that's exciting. We'll save some of that for the next show. Yes. So that we actually have content. Um <laughs> So yeah, so maybe we should go ahead. We've been going, oh, we've gone probably about 50 minutes. Do you want to stop this and then go on to the next one? Let's do another show. All right, everyone. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and stop now. Okay. This is Adam. This is Jerry. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for getting foul with foul monkeys. And we hope you enjoyed the show. You can send feedback, dick pics, or marriage proposals to foulmonkeys at gmail.com. You can also leave us sexy messages or some really heavy breathing at 863-666-0377. Ask us questions and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at foulmonkeys. You can also join us over at the Facebook page where things can get really, really dirty. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be there. In-